Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. I have to say something, though. I have never caught on to the fact that we are trying to provide a moment of sanity. Chris, like, are, are you, like, actually a sane person? What, what, are you asking if I'm normal? The answer is no. No. If I'm sane, yes. Even the crazy things I do are done with intention. But that being said, I have like habitual sin that I struggle with that I'm like, I cannot overcome some of these challenges. And so am I crazy that I can't use the the gifts that I have been given, the sane logical reason? So I don't know what sanity is. <laughs> but we're, 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 we're going to provide it. Like somehow we're going to provide sanity. Yeah, And I think that that line Maybe to just provide a moment. a moment of sanity is just a, a, a breath of fresh air. Like we are here so that you can breathe and be like, yeah, man, it does kind of feel like the sky is falling sometimes in ministry as well. And it's like, okay, I'm not insane. I'm not the only one yeah. who feels that yeah. way, that like yeah. ministry yeah. is really hard sometimes. Um, and there's there's a beautiful moment in regards to looking at your brothers and sisters to your left and your right and being like, but we're going to keep keep going forward. This is brothers in arms. You know, this is people journeying together. So let's let's go through the desert and be be happy that we have solidarity with one another. I lost my or I left my normal water cup at, at home. And so I like had to go scrounge for something to drink some water of, out of. I'm loving it. And my, <laughs> ba, 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 my my wife just so happened to have a, a like a leftover teacup, and I like I don't know why I feel so self conscious like drinking a McDonald's cup and like on the video, <laughs> like <laughs> like I don't eat McDonald's, people. Well, not all that much. Wait, yeah. So you say that, but you have a McDonald's cup. And I'm the one that's insane. So, <laughs> I, I, hey, I was I was in that boat with you. Like we are the ones providing the sanity, and we don't have it. What are we talking about today, Chris? So, I mean, you speak about insane. One of the most insane things that you have done is establish Ablaze Ministries, right? Mm. So, all the way back in the day, what, what I mean, what was it? Seven years ago? Nine. Nine years ago, you've got this stable job working in youth ministry, and you're like, you know what? I want to do the same thing. But I want to do it at a couple of different parishes. Insane. It's so funny. Sanity is the theme coming in. I want to do it a couple of different parishes. And I actually I want to leave the structure and the stability of the of the parish structure in order to better serve the parish structure, right? Yeah. You kind of turn things inside out. You're like, I'm gonna go out to help what's within the parish yep. structure. And and, yeah. and and that was that was crazy. Because even now, even today in the midst of COVID, I still think that parishes are more stable and they're organized, like they've, they've been organized in very effective ways. Um, and sometimes there's dysfunction. A lot of times there's yep. dysfunction, but that doesn't change the fact that there's something secure about that reality. And yet you look at organizations like Ablaze, Dynamic Catholic, Amazing Parish, and these are all uh, structures that exist outside of the parish structure and even outside of the church, outside of Catholic church structure. I mean, Focus, Net Ministries, all of these ministries are outside of the parish structure, right? Um, and so one of the things we wanted to talk about with this, and, and even with that intro, like why do that? Or when do you know you need to do that or whatnot? Chris, are you showing me your cup that's not uh, a McDonald's cup? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> there's, a, there's a brown streak inside the cup. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> that I had no. to examine. <laughs> 
And and Taylor's mad at us because we're talking about this on a podcast. With, and it's not all video. With six kids. Moving on. With six kids, you can't trust a brown streak, man. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Anyways. But keep um, in mind that brown so, streak was within the cup. Outside the cup, there's no streak. I'm just kidding. This is a parable that's going the wrong way. So keep going, man. Let's yeah, let's stop. Um, so I do believe that there are many ministry leaders that receive a call to do something incredible, something amazing, something different. Um, and sometimes it is within the church. Sometimes it's within, not just within the church, within the, the parish structure. And, and sometimes it's outside of that parish structure. So what, what we wanted to talk about was like, how do you know that your calling is within, or how do you know your calling was without? Yeah, and I think uh, just as, as you're talking, we look to Christ as a model for so many different things, but he was leaving Nazareth, and that might be a better title for our podcast, is Le- Leaving Nazareth. He was not welcome in his own home. A prophet is not welcome in his own land, and so he went outside that structure. I think some of us might have a message or a calling that exists, and our skill set that we use at the parish might be smaller than that we might we might use Mm. you know like you know this skill and this skill really well to do this aspect of ministry or this aspect of ministry but i'm also really good in this area and they're like yeah but everyone just sees you as the youth minister it wouldn't make sense for you to start doing this aspect of it or or it might conflict in case that that's another evening that you have to be up all these different pieces to where it's like well i still as a baptized catholic am called to share my gifts and maybe just maybe some of those callings to share your gifts exist outside of your parish, even though they're at the service of the church. I'm not talking about going and volunteering at a nursing home. I'm talking about going and sharing God's word dynamically in whatever way, unique way God has called you to ministry outside of the church. And I wanted to kind of tease that out a little bit. Like, is that even possible? Yeah. You know, and I think there are, I don't know, there's a balance to be had. Like some some things should absolutely be within your local parish structure they are the like in under the purview you know of your local parish priest um there are other aspects other areas that maybe that's not their calling maybe that's not their passion and it's still but it still needs to be done and it i'm, I'm trying to think of examples chris like it, it can so be obviously like, sacramental preparation and liturgy are things that yeah. fall within the context of the purview of, of the parish. The parish exists to evangelize and to share the sacraments, form people for the sacraments, and uh, and the liturgy. You cannot have confession without a priest. A priest True. is subject yeah. to a structure of authority most <laughs> commonly known in a parish. You can't go off and do your own, you know, confession ministry. Well, maybe that's a better way to say it. You cannot have a valid confession without sure. a priest. So you can certainly, um, yeah. So, but on that, like you said, the sacramental prep. Okay. Well, what about a small group? Like if, if my parish isn't offering small groups for my child, can I start a small group for my kid? Absolutely. Right. Yes. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't have to be within the parish. Um, is that, that too small of a, I don't know, a ministry or of a calling that we're, of what we're talking about today, Chris? Well, I, I don't know. So I'm going to share, and, and I might have shared this once before, but we have a married couples group that we're a part of. And and we, we started getting into like, wow, this would be really good. Let's present this to uh, kind of the, the, the team at the parish. 
and see if that's something they want to make this a, an established thing so that people can kind of come and experience what we've experienced and then go and launch their own groups within the structure because it's a lot easier to get six couples together if you have you know, 4,000 families to do an announcement to and say, hey, if you want to be a part of a, a faith-based small group, then then sign up over here. Um, and we realized after we got into some red tape with safe environment things and uh, and other pieces like that, that it would just be easier for us to to do this very organically. And our and our group has been going on for, golly, four, four or five years now. And it's been one of the biggest blessings. But it's outside the parish. Even though we're all from the same parish, we all share the same faith. So have you been able to share that structure with other like married couples, like to, for other people to do their own group? Yes. And or did that kind of that, that that dream kind of die? No, I mean, word of mouth is how, how we got it. And so there's a couple other uh, groups that have attempted to start or that have started um, doing some something similar to what we've done or seeking counsel from from our group in regards to successes and failures. Um, but I, I mean, I, I still think that the need is greater in the need. Uh, a lot of people go to the parish to have that need met. So there is part of me that wonders, like, if we were within the structure of the church, right? Uh, sorry, if we were uh, under the umbrella of the parish, right? As baptized Catholics, sure. we are within the structure of the church. But uh, under the umbrella of the parish, that maybe, just maybe, instead of having, you know, 12 to 18 couples that are in these type of groups from our parish community, maybe we'd have a 30 to 600 or something like that. Like, who knows? Like, yeah. the need exists there. That, that's the tension, that leads to, yeah, the, the tension and, you know, kind of one of the things that makes it hard to make this decision, you know, is, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about like the diocese that you guys come from. Um, if you bring an idea up to your parish priest or to your diocese, does it then become exponentially harder to execute because they have to be ridiculously careful about what they do. Yeah. Um, like, do you know what I'm saying, Chris? A priest hit cannot hug a child without scrutinizing his act, his own actions. So for that to cascade into the way that we scrutinize the ministry, how's this going to be interpreted? What other established, sustained ministries might this compete with? All those different factors are totally fair factors to, to consider. But at the same time, like there is a movement of the Holy Spirit in people sometimes and the only way for them to respond fully to that movement of the Holy Spirit is outside of parish structures. And and the word sometimes for that is evangelization. When you talk to your neighbor about Jesus, you do not have to ask permission from a pastor. You're actually commanded to by virtue of your baptism to do that. So it makes sense in certain contexts, but when it's more organized or more structural, these movements as opposed to organic evangelization, it seems like kind of weird if it's not within the parish umbrella yeah it's so hard because like on on one aspect it's like i i want to recommend people not involve the parish because it will stifle like what they're doing now that's a very kind of negative view of it or whatever but i also don't want people that shouldn't be doing stuff do stuff <laughs> you know which is like but then like how do you handle all that and i don't want the liability of 
like having told people, go do whatever you want. Don't ask the church, you know, because that's not a good thing either. You know, so there's uh, you definitely want, regardless of whether or not you feel like you're called to do this within the church, like within, and hopefully you guys understand what we're saying. Like, I'm not getting technical with my language within the church, without the church, yada, yada, yada. Hopefully y'all can just follow along and give me some grace there. But the, um, the idea that you are you're still going to run this idea. You're still going to discern this idea with a lot of other people, with a lot of various like um, roles within the church, with your pastor, all this stuff. Um, because just taking something that like you think is a good idea and just running with it um, is that's not exactly like in my experience, that's not how the Holy Spirit works. Like the Holy Spirit will confirm your idea and affirm your idea, whatever, like whatever his inspiration is in you, he's going to affirm that in the people that, that you discern it with. Um, and so if you, if you don't get affirmations of that calling from multiple sources, from various areas, not just like your own little echo chamber, um, then it's, it's probably not a movement of the Holy Spirit and, and taking it and running with it is not going to work very well. But the hard thing is, is what if you've gone through that process, which is necessary regardless of what step forward you take? What if you've gone through that process and then that that response to the Holy Spirit, that, that calling dies because, well, we can't make it work at this parish. We can't make it work right now. It's just not the right time for the parish. And you're like, but it's a fire on my heart. Like it is the right time. And what, what can happen is one, it doesn't happen. That's unacceptable. Number two is that you go to another community to make it happen. Right. Or you create a community. Right. And this is, this is how, this is how a lot of uh, Protestant sects, I mean, churches or whatever, like branches kind of pop up. It's like, we disagreed on this or we, we were more passionate about this or boom, boom, boom. And so instead of figuring out a way to, to meet that need, they just create a new church or a new community. Um, and that, that I think that's a dangerous thing as well. And mm-hmm. then the other option is to maybe do it on your own, uh, but you, you're outside the parish and you feel like you feel like you're outside the parish at times and that's unacceptable. So one piece is uh, the sacraments are efficacious, right? And so one of the effects of confirmation, it mentions in the catechism, I, I got my catechism right here. Um, oh gosh, you can't see it because of my stinking <laughs> with background. Your, with your background, you can't see it. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, trust me. Uh, it gives uh, so confirmation. An effect of confirmation is it gives a special strength of the Holy Spirit to spread and defend the faith by word and action as true witnesses of Christ, to confess the name of Christ boldly, and never to be ashamed of the cross. In other words, there is authority from God that is cascaded or passed down to us as confirmed Catholics, as fully initiated Catholics, to share, right? It doesn't say it gives you special strength to get permission and if you are approved to blah, 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 blah. Like this is <laughs> this is part of who yeah. we are. This is part of who yeah. we are as Catholics. And so now the question is how. It's not if. If you're called to share. Yes, you're called to share. It's how. Yeah. And that's what we're discussing today. If the how, the execution of that sharing is more prudent or will be more fruitful or can even better benefit the church outside of a parish structure, then how do you discern that? And and yeah. and I think there's a couple of factors. One, if you're, uh, I said pigeon held and you hated me for it. If you're typecast, 
<laughs> into a specific role, right? And I've been there as the youth minister. I'm the fun youth minister guy or whatever. And uh, and now it's time to get serious. And all you've ever seen me is getting throwing pies in people's faces and, and doing that. Then I might not be the best in that context. And I need to find a different context if the community... I think about that that actor who played Frodo. Every time I see him in a different movie, he's still Frodo. You know what I mean? From Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I there was one... Um, oh, man. Uh, his buddy... No, Frodo was the main character, right? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, you, I, I haven't watched it in a while. His buddy, Samwise Gamgee, is Rudy. Rudy, Rudy yeah. But, but like, so I always see him as Rudy, and I saw him in another movie. Uh, and I was like, hold on a second. Who is that guy? Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, typecast or, or pigeonholed? Pigeonholed. Hold. H-O-L-E-D. Hold. H -O -L -E -D. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I Not held. It. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is if the resources or structure doesn't exist, you know what I mean? If, if you, for some reason, want to do a, a lawn cutting ministry, I don't know if that even is a thing, and your parish is a zero scape to where they just have rocks and different things like that, then that's not even possible. It's a horrible analogy, but the thing is, is sometimes the parish can't provide a structure for that ministry to be executed, and we need to think of that. And lastly, if yours seeks to serve in a, a broader sense, instead of just within the parish boundaries, or if it goes beyond the parish boundaries, then you must. And that's a great example of a blaze or amazing parish or dynamic Catholic, you know, even word on yeah. fire ministry. Like those are all outside of a parish structure, even though they seek to serve and strengthen the parish reality. Yeah, because it, they are, um, they're crossing parish boundaries, if you will, in a specific way. Um, so that's like that's probably one of the most obvious ways to tell is the is the calling that the Holy Spirit is inspiring me to fulfill. Is it within the parish boundaries or geographic region, you know, in a way of where I live, or is it bigger than that? That one's probably fairly obvious. You know, if if you know that what you're going to be doing is going to be serving multiple parishes then the likelihood of it needing to be separate from your local parish is pretty high. And there's multiple reasons for that. But I'm, I'm still wrestling with this whole, like, if you if you have a calling and you know you're called to it, most, like, and I, and I don't know if this is true, I would say most well-formed Catholics will look for opportunities to, I don't know, I would say like, to not move forward in their ministry. Um, they would be looking for why shouldn't I do this <laughs> in a way like and I don't want to say that it's like uh, I don't know you're just trying to get out of it because that's not what you're trying to do but you're looking for the reasons you know why this ministry shouldn't exist or why it shouldn't exist in in the form that you're currently envisioning it instead of how can I make this happen regardless of what my parish priest says or how can I make this happen regardless of what the bishop says or whatever? Like there's a difference in, in, in thought is like this has to happen and I don't care what he says is different than um, I feel called to do this. Is it right? Is it not? Let me see if it's if it's right. And if, and if, it, if it is right and, and there's just in the rationale that I'm given from the leaders is just because I said so, that's not a good reason. Or not in, to defiant, move in defiance of. We don't want to do it in yeah. defiance of because that's 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 not appropriate. And there could be times where a pastor or a bishop says, Hold on, you need to stop. And you're you in obedience is probably prudent to say, then I'm gonna tap the brakes and discern 
and and really really kind of say why is the Holy Spirit moving in me in this direction, and why is there uh, counsel that I'm receiving from uh, the clergy in a different direction? Like what is how do I reconcile those two realities? And then like even balancing your own arrogance, you know, because I like I know I mean we all, like anybody who has any knowledge of church history, we know that there have been prophets like over the last 2000 years who have dynamically changed like the movement of the church and what was going on in the church and they needed to be doing it and they and they did not get approval to do it yeah they were actually opposed you know to do it but you know what it that might not be you like that's the the arrogance is like oh i'm that guy you know that's that's me you know i'm going to be the martyr you know and it's like mm, you know, like check your check your ego and make sure you know anyway but yeah, but if an authentic calling exists and you rebel against it, you're going to end up in the belly of the whale until yep, you find absolutely. your way, until you find your way where absolutely. God wants you to share the message yeah. anyways. Well, so that, how do you figure that out? I know. It's like, so hard. You... Yeah. Because here's the reality. Uh, ministry leaders, are there things that you can do better than the, than the pastor? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Are there things that the pastor can do better than you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So where is the balance? Where is the, the 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 synergy, whatever you want to call it, that leads the gospel further forward? Yeah. And and sometimes it's like, well, well, the pastor, his hands might be tied in regards to a number of different logistical pieces. But hey, if you guys just want to meet and have a married couples group on your own and just do it organically as a bunch of just faithful Catholics, like you don't need a parish structure to be able to do that. Oh, great. And we've been going strong for a number of years, you know, and yep. fruits have, have occurred from that. But if we're talking about like, hey, we're going to do a an underground sacramental prep program, yikes, you know what I mean? So you have to look at the content. I, I don't know if I would say that blanket, Chris. I mean, honestly, because, I mean, regardless, it doesn't matter what institution we're talking about. There, there are like humans in them. What are you making that face for, Chris? Well, like, I mean, if, if you're going to push back on the sacramental prep piece, like, canon law says that it's the parish's role to form for sacraments. Like, this is canonically. So there are certain actual structures within the church that that, that exist for a reason. Um, what, what I'm getting at is is there is no doubt that there is at least one pastor out there who would have said to you, you cannot meet and talk about church stuff on your own. You have to do it at the parish and you have to follow my rules. For the married couples group example? Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. There's at least one pastor that would say that. And and I would say in that instance, do it on your own. I see. You know what I'm saying? You know, even on the sacramental prep, like on the sacramental prep, like you, your kids are going to be formed in my sacramental prep. Okay, great. But we're doing more because yes. what you're, what you, what you're doing is crap. You know, like, so there's uh, uh, obedience, yes, but then there's there's a certain level of, okay, but I, I have to, like, I, I can't obey that. Right. Anyway, sorry, do you get what I'm saying? Yes, but but there's a difference between rebelling against it and, and adding to it, right? Now, if the sacramental prep was actually heretical teaching, right? Yep. Then you pull your kids out and you form them on your own and you probably have to go to the bishop and, and ask and, and, and make some of these things, you know, but anyways, but that, but that's the other piece in regards to what we talked about is, is the calling authentic? Is it within the parish structure or is it going to serve multiple parishes? That's something to concern. There's also the piece, cause you said sometimes people rebel or kind of delay responding to it. There are certain things that season of life does not allow for that. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like if, yep. if I'm going to be a youth minister that plays basketball with the teens, like I'm not going to be doing that at age 75, you know? <laughs> or at age 40. Well, <laughs> as my knee continues to fill with fluid, yeah. no. But, uh, but like for me, I have, a, I have a daughter that's 12 years old. And one of the things we want to talk about is uh, is theology of the body and start really some good solid formation theology of the body for teens. There's a lot of great resources that are out there, um, but it's not. It's going to have to be something that is in addition to what's taking place at the parish, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. but if I delay it and my daughter's 27, she's got two kids of her own or whatever at that point. Like it doesn't make sense to have a theology of the body for teens conversation. And so yep. so there is a sense of urgency. There is a sense of a timeline on some of these pieces. And, and so we need to, we need to sow in the season that we're in. And that's something to consider as well is if the season that you're in is not compatible with the parish structures that exist, then maybe you go outside of the parish structures and this isn't going to be for the entire parish. Now it's just going to be for my daughter and a couple of her close friends that are also, uh, also wanting to journey in this area. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. In, in addition to, because if you were, if you were to bring that and ask the parish to do that, the, the number of like the amount of red tape and the number of hoops they got to jump through to be able to do stuff like that is painful. I mean, cause we've seen it <laughs> like, and that's like, that's the part the hard thing about having been on the inside a little bit, you know? And, and on a higher level, it, it feels like we're talking about the role of the laity and also aspects of clericalism that maybe ministry leaders have experienced. Mm. And, and I say that in regards to ministry leaders, because even the priests that are listening to this show, have experienced clericalism in a negative way, even if yep. they've experienced the advantages of it as well. Like it's there. I know a number of priests that are like animate about like clericalism needs to die and it needs to die a year ago. You know what I mean? Like quick. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and those are different deeper topics, but this is just in regards to the actual structure. If you have a burning, the Holy spirit has put a burning in your soul. Absolutely respond, but prudently respond. And sometimes it's most prudent outside of a parish structure. And one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is, is quit looking to the paid minister or the ordained minister to do this. Like if you've got a passion to, to, to reach out and serve the poor, maybe that's your passion. Like, I'm not saying it's not anybody else's passion, but maybe that's your calling. Maybe you're the one who's supposed to get up and do something about it instead of say, Hey, we should be doing something about it, which by that you mean they should be doing it. There's an app for that, right? There's a calling for that. You you remember yeah. that old thing? Like anywhere in the world that there's a need, God is aware of it, and he has put a prompting in someone's heart to meet that need. Yeah. So there is no— And it might be you. And it might be you. And it might be <laughs> yeah. you, even though you're already meeting needs as a professional ministry leader here, it might be a different need in a different context. But there is not a lack of God desiring to meet the needs of his people. There's a lack of people responding to the callings to have those needs met, right? That's where the problem is. That's the poverty that exists, is a poverty to respond to those promptings. But but I'm a youth minister. God called me to youth ministry. He couldn't call me to serve the poor now. You know what? Of course he can. Yeah. Of course he can. He Like you can have, you can change, your calling can change in a way. Your passion can change. You can pivot, right? You don't, like just because you've been a youth minister or a, like a ministry leader in whatever role you're in right now for 5, 10, 20 years, whatever, does not mean that you have to stay pigeonholed, typecast, whatever, in that role forever. Like God might be taking all the skills that you learned from that like 
phase or whatever. And anointing and, and a different ministry by him. Absolutely. Yes. And, and needing you to take that to another type of ministry. And maybe, just maybe... That calling, because I I think everyone's a combo platter. You know what I mean? Like you, you have a calling here and there's a main dish and there's some side dishes and things like that. And mm, the dessert, you know, whatever your ministry is, it really fulfills you. Um, but I also think that sometimes things get paired really well together, right? Yeah. So maybe that example of youth ministry and serving the poor, maybe that's because there's not enough youth that are out there that are having their faith be a verb, their faith in action. And now you've got a charism for the poor as well. Bring those together and see what happens. And, and you know what? Like nobody cares what you teach and, until their stomach's full, right? Maybe there's a ton of youth out there that don't have food. And so they don't give a crap what you have to say on Sunday night. Sorry, I've used crap like twice in this episode. But like like maybe there are youth out there that need food, that need shelter, that need something else. And then they're, then you can be there also to share the gospel. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know what God's calling you, know, you to do. Um, but listen... Um, and be bold, like be brave and, uh, yeah, don't be scared. And but the challenge is, is if you're going outside of the parish structure and you're a ministry leader within the parish structure, there seems like there's a tension. Am I going to ruffle feathers by doing this? And, and, and my response is, I think that let people judge the fruit of the tree. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like bear some fruit in the way that you're doing it. Be faithful. Be authentic. If you if you feel like it needs to be outside the parish structure, communicate that with the with the pastor, um, and have that dialogue so that they know. Because I think at the end of the day, our pastors really want to support us, not to manage us. Right? I yeah. think that it's exhausting to manage people, but it's amazing to uh, empower people. And that, that I think that the heart of a pastor exists in that reality. I got a lot more passionate about this one today than I thought I would. Shaking my hands, waving my fingers. You did the same thing. It's all that McDonald's that you've been drinking, man. It gets you get, get, get some fire in your veins. So, um, you guys, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Let's continue the conversation online. Our Facebook group is amazing for that. Just search uh, Ministry Leaders Anonymous podcast uh, and you'll find that group. And send any feedback you guys have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with somebody. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. And we go together as a church within our parish, but we also go together as missionaries that go outside the walls of our parish as well. So take this Amen. time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and those who have that calling on their heart by the Holy Spirit that might exist beyond what their normal role is, that they can respond dynamically. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless.